Welcome to Motherhood Unedited. I'm Shana Feingold, a licensed clinical social worker, postpartum coach, and founder of Mindful Reflections. I'm here to show you motherhood in all its glory through speaking with moms about their experiences. It's time women got the chance to speak their truth and to realize that they aren't on this journey alone. Welcome to another episode of Motherhood Unedited. This week's episode is going to take you on an adventure. I think as moms, we know that motherhood is filled with the unexpected and can feel like an adventure. So this week, we're going to hear from one mom who has been on one crazy journey. She's a Californian, but is now living in the Czech Republic. And her story to how she has gotten where she is is truly remarkable. We get the opportunity to hear about how she has made a name for herself as Tanya MFK. So welcome, Tanya. Hey, Tanya. How's it going? <laughs> uh, it's going pretty great, dealing with the spring weather here in Czech Republic and, uh, you know, just getting used to that rain. As a Cali girl, not used to that. So oh, doing well, though. Sure, yeah. N- not much rain in California. No. Not much weather in California. That, so. That's very true, unless it's, all, <laughs> it's fires or, yeah, you know, yeah. that not-so-fun stuff. Uh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. So I would say that it's pretty safe to say that you've been through quite an adventure over the last, um, I'd say, six plus years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. not just with motherhood, actually, but really life in general. Yeah. So today we're going to talk a lot about the things that are unexpected. Mm. Yeah, right? Motherhood in general, right? Yeah. So. Now, I'm letting you know that we're going to kind of jump into this head first. So if you're ready, let's let's do it. Um, when we first chatted, or not chat, when we first connected, you told me when you were eight months pregnant that you got some pretty shocking news about your business partner. Yeah. And I'd like to just take some time for you to to share that experience and what happened. Yeah. You know, and maybe a little context kind of leading up to that. So I had quite, um, I've had quite an adventurous life to put it in a nice (laughs) perspective, Um, you know, rough upbringing, all kinds of different things. And um, I became uh, a widow at age 25. And so actually I was in a a career of healthcare. I was um, this overachiever, kind of just really future focused. And um, on my 25th birthday, my first husband was diagnosed with um, stage four cholangiocarcinoma. And four months later, he was gone. And so there was a huge kind of shift and change in my life and my view and what mattered and all of those things. And so I left healthcare and went on a trajectory of, um, you know, discovery, all the while still kind of keeping my overachieving bone going on in me. Um, so from there, I created um, like businesses. I, I had a lot of um, amazing successes and I really, and I think this is what I wanted to put in there. I definitely, you know, by this time in my life in my, my thirties, I was like, I, I'm going to be the cool aunt. Like I had no intention of having a child. Um, I was like, no, that's my, my ways that the cool aunt, I worked in music for a while. So I did all the, you know, quote unquote, cool stuff, right? This identity, that's a whole other thing. Um, this identity that I had of myself and, um, throughout that process of, of achieving and, and, you know, going, creating businesses and all this great stuff. I, um, 
I adopted, if you will, a, a mentor. And he was an older gentleman, very much like a fatherly figure, which I never had, um, really took me under his wing for both life and business. I had incredible successes with him, lots of life lessons that um, despite <laughs> what has been done to me, um, I, I still hold very dear to, to what I've learned from him. Um, so fast forward from there, I went through business. I had this experience with a, um, a client of mine who was a musician and he was doing a tour in China and he was like, you got to come out here. You should go to China. I was like, yeah, I, I want to do a lot of things. I love traveling. Like China was really low on my list. I have this business I'm doing. And, um, I kind of mentioned it to my mentor. I said, you know, so-and-so he's, he really wants me to come visit China. And, uh, he's like, yeah, maybe you should do it. And like, yeah, I don't know, maybe. And so my friend keeps trying, my friend, artist, client, all of those things. He keeps trying to convince me to go. And I'm like, look, if I was to go to China, like the only thing I really want to do is like, I'll see the great wall. Cause I feel like you have to, yes. and I really want to see Shaolin temple. Like I had, I wasn't a Kung Fu fan per se, but I had seen like real actual monks, not like Kung Fu movies, but the actual monks. Um, and they, they did incredible stuff. I mean, it was just really like literally incredible. I mean, they were jumping on swords. Like it wasn't effects. Like they were like really yeah. doing this stuff, right? Flying through the air, little kids. I mean, just incredible. So I was like, like people know, like I wasn't a fan. I wasn't that person who was like, oh, I did Kung Fu or when I was a kid. Like, no, none of that. But I thought it was cool. So I was like, hey, I would do that. And he goes, so he, he messages me a while, uh, while after that. And he's like, you know, I found this program where foreigners, not just foreigners, but women, which is a big deal in China, can go to the actual Shaolin temple, the like core number one Shaolin temple, and you can train Kung Fu. And I was like, that sounds really cool. Like, wow, wouldn't that be neat? So I, you know, I kind of passingly mentioned like, hey, you know, you mentioned this thing. That's kind of cool, huh? So anyway, a week or so goes by and my mentor comes back and he's like, you know, if you're going to do something like that, I was like, first of all, I wasn't even thinking that. He's like, you should do it now. Like business is really good. You know, you're, you're young ish. And, and then this said, and he's like, you, if you're going to do something crazy like that, you should do that now. And I was like, that's literally crazy. Like I, what am I going to do? I was like, get rid of all my stuff and, you know, go to China for a year. And, uh, two weeks later I was selling all my stuff and getting ready to go to China for a year to study Kung Fu at the Shaolin temple. And so that, that was its own experience, craziness. Um, yes. And this is where I can say I was so thankful for, for that mentor, for, for pushing things like that, whatever his reasons may have been. But um, I went, it was amazing, uh, an experience that just still to this day um, affects me. I actually work with, with the people who run the temple now, all kinds of things. But I also met my now husband there. So <laughs> it was worth so, it then. Yeah, so, totally worth it. Met my husband there. We traveled the world. Um, after that, we left China. I went and studied Arabic medicine in India. I I did all. I just took tons of chances. Um, and it was through those travels where I found out in Guatemala that I was pregnant with my son. I didn't know it was my son yet, but I found out I was pregnant. And so from there, it was like you know. Came back to home to California for a little bit, kind of figured some stuff out. And, um, you know, decided maybe I should meet my husband's family. All this craziness. So I saw this kind of stuff kind of like normalize it. How do we figure this out? So um, my husband's from Czech Republic. Just why I'm in Czech, a California girl. Um, but we, we at the time, 
you know, lived in different places in the world. And so we came together. We're like, okay, why don't we go to California for a little bit? We'll have my son. I kind of have some stuff in storage that's been there for a while now. Um, need to do that kind of stuff. And um, and so we, we came there. He's he's not a citizen. We had to kind of get married right away in order for him to be in, in America and all that stuff. So here I am now, we're kind of settled, we had our wedding, I'm eight months pregnant, I have this nest egg that has, I, when I left the, um, to go to the temple, like, was a safety thing, knowing like, hey, if I do this crazy thing, this is like more money than I've ever saved, I've ever had growing up as a child, poor, you know, we lived in homeless shelters as a kid, this was like, unheard of, especially in America, to like, actually be able to, I don't know, have maternity leave and be off of work without worrying where the money was going to come from. So I was like, wow, I'm going to get to do what no one in my family's ever done, which is have a child somewhat, uh, not the whole time, but at least we have a pregnancy that's somewhat stress-free. Like I'm not going to stress, like I have to get back to work right away. I have this that will carry me for at least a year or more of, of comfortable living. And it was, like I said, as you mentioned, eight months pregnant when I went to talk to my mentor and business partner, not sure if I mentioned that part, and business partner, to make sure that all the money was being transferred, where all of a sudden the phone call stopped and he had disappeared to Southeast Asia. Wow. Oh, my word. And if you don't know, anyone who's listening, um, America is not too keen on hiring women who are eight months pregnant. Yeah, no. <laughs> not, you're not the, the top candidate there. And my husband, as I mentioned, not being a U.S. citizen was not legal to work in the U.S. So there wasn't something he could come do and swoop up and help unless he was going to do something under the table and legal, which is a whole other like issue to undo, right? So I'm scrambling. I'm going through like a three week depression in that point. Um, I just, I couldn't, like, I couldn't, I just didn't, I had no idea what to do. It's like, maybe we move to China. Like, maybe we do this. Like, what am I going to do? We have nothing. And, and life as we know it, it's all completely changed in just such a, a quick moment. And it, it was devastating. I mean, it was probably the deepest depression I'd ever, ever been in. Um, just really like, a whole trajectory of my life and my mind had changed. And so I scrambled and uh, reached out to some old contacts. Hey, I need something. You know, I hadn't worked in a normal business situation since 2001 at this point. This now 2015. Okay. So for 14 years, I've worked for myself. So go at, or as a contracting freelancer. So going into any like normal, didn't have a resume per se, all of those things. Right. So I reached, yeah. So I reached out to some contacts. Um, Fortunately, I had, you know, people knew that I was good at what I did. Um, I got something right away working for a millennial um, that was, I'm going to say, fits the stereotype of a millennial. <laughs> okay. Um, guys, like I'm close to millennial age too. I get like, it's all this nonsense out there. But like the the way the media portrays like this monster millennial, like this is the personification of that. I basically oh, had to pretend like I like motherhood wasn't a thing. It didn't, don't worry. It wouldn't really bother my job because, you know, work is more important and that whole thing. So I had, you know, a three month old that I'm breastfeeding, like during me, like below the, you know, zoom level, like trying to hide it. Like my husband's like grabbing him like from the side. So nobody sees I'm working, you know, 23 hours a day. It seemed like, cause I work, I covered, um, I was in charge of the entire U S 
So I, from coast to coast, I was overseeing people and all of this stuff. So it was a, it was a large, uh, it was a large company. They were a like million dollar startup company, yada, yada. So we're overseeing a connection with like Whole Foods and there was like 118 plus stores at the time I had to oversee all this stuff. So it was, it was crazy. And I, I didn't know <laughs> that I was depressed that I was, I was, I was not bonding with my son. I, my husband was taking care of everything. I mean, he was the one who woke up and took care of us. And he was the one who knew where the diapers were. Like I, I pride myself on being organized, like on top of it person. I mean, this is, I've created a system of scheduling. Like it's literally in my legacy um, of a course that we've created that, that we you know, make money on now that is about how to schedule and make more time in your life. I could not have time for my son. Um, my husband was the only one who knew anything. He didn't know what clothes, size clothes he was wearing. Like I felt like the worst mom. Yeah. Right. That's what moms are supposed to do. I'm like getting teary eyed. <laughs> um, yeah. That's what I'm supposed to do. Right. Like we're supposed to know all those things and here my husband, I mean, so thankful for what he did and what he created but there's that guilt, like ugh, that's supposed to be me. And now my son doesn't really know me. He doesn't come to me for things. I mean, this is a baby, but his inclination was to go to dad because yeah. who's there? Dad. Yeah. So it was this juxtapose of being so grateful for like the husband that I have and the father that he is. And so freaking like devastated at like, oh my God, this is not what this was supposed to look like. Right. Yeah. And just having that, oh man, it was tough. And and being the age that I was, you know, I was 35, which according to medical um, society was <laughs> geriatric, geriatric, right? <laughs> you know, geriatric. So it was a geriatric pregnancy. Um, and my friends were either also committed to being the cool aunt or they had their kids a long time ago. One of my closest friends, she was... Um, She's two years younger than me. Her kids right now, minus six, hers are graduating college. Wow. <laughs> that's a big difference. Big difference. And the other ones had no kids. So I didn't have a support system of anyone to talk to or ask. Um, my family, we're not close. You know, that, that didn't, that wasn't anything. Um, so it was, I mean, but I also didn't recognize I just was tired, you know, as most of us new moms are, I was right. miserable. I'm trying to make it happen. Um, it was a low, low point, man. I mean, that, that's what I can say. I hated, I hated the job I was doing. I hated what I was, what I was inundated with day to day. I felt like a horrible mom. I was like, this is, I'm never going to connect. Like, clearly this is like, you know, it's him and dad for life. <laughs> right. Where do I fall into this picture? <laughs> right. Yeah. And I think that's another thing, probably being sleep deprived and all those things that we are as, as new moms. It's so easy for us to take these small little glimpses and just see them as forever. Because also I think any of us who are doing any sort of due diligence of like research of being a mom, you're like, oh my God, everything's being, you know, all the impressions are happening now, right? Like they're scarred for life now. Like yeah. everything I've done is, is the worst now. Um, and so all those things, I mean, it was just, I guess this was the longest way for your intro of like, let's start with where your business partner left off. But this is this is the culmination of what all of that was in that moment that you oh brought gosh. up. Absolutely. I mean, 
talking about the unexpected. I mean, yeah, no one. You had this idea that it was going to be stress free, that this is going to be great. You're going to get all of this this time off. You're going to be able to bond. Yeah. All of these things, and it's just like the curveballs were flying all over the place. I mean, yeah, nobody could yeah. ever imagine that piece of it. And, yeah. Ugh. And going, going to the depths of that and just really not even recognizing it, I think is kind of the, the scariest part. I'm so thankful that I had done enough, I guess, inner work <laughs> at some point, you know, living at a temple will help you <laughs> for a year. Yeah, I bet. Doing, doing a lot of things. You know, I, I went to, I was in India doing Ayurvedic medicine. I come from healthcare, all these things that at least like I was aware enough to recognize the signs, but I didn't really recognize it as, you know, a combination of depression, postpartum depression, chaos, all of those things, you know, lack of, I mean, then just go with the health things. Like clearly we're not sleeping as most moms already aren't, you know, um, all of these different pieces coming together, all these unknowns. Um, I, I am fortunate that I at least was like this, I'm not okay. I, I didn't have the words or the terminology or the recognition of exactly what was going on, but I knew I am, I'm miserable right now. And yeah. something has to change. And I think that's where my history of up and going, I would say even my history of, of growing up, you know, with, with my mom going into homeless shelters at a moment's notice, something could change, right? If she got a flat yes. tire, that could mean that she couldn't make it to work the next day, which could mean that she lost her job, which means that we're moving and I'm going to a new school, right? Like I went to 13 different elementary schools when I was a kid because of moving. Hmm. Sounds like a horrible thing. And it was in a lot of ways, but also I think that served me so well at this point in my life to go, okay, well, what's the pivot? Yeah. What's the pivot? Because I could have stayed there. And and when I lost my my first husband to cancer, I remember a friend of mine um, when I was you know was working in music and and it was one of the band members actually and he's like they had they had known my husband they had known us before I mean it was twenty I was twenty one when I got married so a lot of you know we were young and uh, people knew us so here I'm twenty it was twenty five when he passed away and then this is probably like 28, 29, something around there and one of the band members is like you know Tanya if you would have completely just lost it and like, I don't know, gone in a ditch and just cried forever. Like we would have just been like, you know, we get it. Like we get it. Like there's Tanya. And I mean, this is, I guess it's like a nice thing he meant, but I was like, what a horrible thing. I would have been like, <laughs> well, you know, she's given up on life and just let her do it. Cause you know, she had a hard time. Um, and I, and I, he's like, but you, you didn't, you, you, you chose another path. And it really was, that gift. It really was that thing to go, I can sit here and go, well, this sucks. And this is just how it is now. Or go, what I responsibility. What I love about the word responsibility is that it's the ability to respond. It's in the yeah. core of that word. And in that moment, I could have been crushed under it. And, and I was too. I mean, I allowed myself to be crushed. And I want any mom hearing this, like, I don't want this to be like, and I just pushed through. Right. And I never Shove gave it down. Like, no. I gave, I was, I was at a deep low, but I felt it. I recognize it. I stay, I, you can go there, but we can't stay there. When we yeah. stay there is, if that's the only time that we fail is when we give up. Otherwise we're always winning or we're learning. And then this opportunity, I had an opportunity to learn and go, okay, well, this isn't working. This version is not working. What can I do? And I pivoted enough in my life before to go, what, what now then? What else? And I didn't have the fear of going to another country or moving. I mean, I know I'm from California. I mean, talk to a Californian about living, leaving California and they lose their mind. <laughs> like, oh, 
I can never, but you can. And, and I have a friend right now who just recently had, was kind of pushed into a move going from um, Southern California to South Carolina. And he was like, I cannot imagine. He, he just, he had to do it. It was already happening, but he just, he could, he just, in his head, it was like the craziest thing. And I talked to him about, I don't know, three or four weeks in. He was like, you know, it's actually really nice here. His whole attitude, I was like, yeah, it just, just get out of, just get out of the bubble of the way we think things are supposed to look and have to be and just do it. Like, I'm not even saying accept it, just do it. And when you, when you, when you're there, acceptance happens and you actually can thrive really well. And, And so I say all that to say that in this process, when, it, when push came to shove and I was miserable, there were other jobs I could got. There was a lot of other connections. I, you know, there's other better pain, all the kind of things. And I was like, but I don't like any of this. Yeah. And that's when my husband and I, like, we were like, well, do we, do we go to check? Do we, maybe we go there for, and we, we got rid of everything that we owned except for what could fit on a three foot by three foot pallet. Wow. And that's what was shipped over to Czech Republic. And we moved here. And um, I really, I, I was going to say, and I haven't looked back. I haven't looked back at all. Um, it has been such a, a, an incredibly changing and freeing experience. Um, but not only that, when we came here, we really just dropped off our bags because my husband's family's here. We kind of left our stuff. And we went on trekking to, um, to around the world. So we ended up going to, um, well, first we went to Thailand. We lived in Thailand for a while. And then we moved to Vietnam. My son at that point, he had, t- my son turned one in California. He turned two in Thailand. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. and then we, he went to school when he was two, like a preschool, he went to in Vietnam. So we stayed in central Vietnam for a while, which was beautiful. We lived by the beach. We had this four bedroom house that was $380 a month, like near the beach. Um, I mean, it was incredible. Um, I absolutely love it there. As in fact, we had tickets to go back and visit. Um, and then this little thing called coronavirus happened oh, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, so didn't make it out there, but, uh, we, we went there with it in Bali from Bali. We went to, um, we came back, we were in Sweden. So my son turned three in Sweden and then, um, turned four in Czech Republic. And, and that happened right about coronavirus. And we've kind of been settled in here that, and it's not because and I want this to be heard as well. There wasn't some magic independent wealth that just came through <laughs> because of Andrew. I'm like, oh, must be nice. Um, I just, we took, we, I was terrified. I was like, we only have this much left. And if I don't figure out how to make something happen between this and that, like in my head, we're going to end up in the gutter because that was my experience, right? My experience was homelessness. So that's what I knew. I knew that if it doesn't work out, then then it's going. It, it's immediately you go to homelessness. You, right. <laughs> that's how it happens, you guys. If you don't pay a bill, you're you immediately you're homeless. homeless. Yeah, that's just you know, just it just evaporates. Um, my my husband again, I have to thank for um, reminding me that I was capable and that I would figure it out. And I remember him telling me once he's when we were still in the U.S. He's like, well, if, you know, something doesn't happen. Um, He's like, you always just get a job like somewhere. Now I mentioned I hadn't had a normal job for like, you know, 15 years. So he was like, you could work at Target. I was like, I'm going to work in retail. Like, that's crazy. You're making this much. And he's like, but you can do it. Like you'll do what it takes. There's always a way. And, And that's really what it came down to is there was always a way. And there was this, this fear turned into the safety of like, I won't 
be homeless. I, I will figure it out. And that lifted this, this fear of like, well, what if we took that same small amount of money and stretched it by living somewhere like Thailand or living yeah. somewhere like Vietnam? So again, as you hear this and go, well, that sounds really all posh, but in reality, I spent way less money living by the beach in Vietnam than I ever would have been able to do in, in Europe, let alone in California. Right. Yeah. California is just crazy. In yeah. Terms of how yeah. Just insane. Right? Um, yeah. The amount of money in California we spent in our apartment, I mean, really was a couple of months of, of rent in, in Vietnam. And so, you know, what did we do? We didn't know what to do. Did we research everything? Did we know what school he would go to? No. We just showed up and, and we figured it out. And there was amazing expat communities. There's world schoolers, people that we, I met people from California who were also traveling with their kids. And this, I guess I'm saying all this to say that whatever it is, A, that happens, you can, you, you can go through it just, just one step at a time. You can't see through the fog, but each step will open up as you just continue to walk forward in it. Like you can't yes. see five miles ahead, but you can drive five miles because you're only going a mile at a time. Okay. Right. Like you can do that. And so a lot of times these the responsible ones. I was the responsible one. I didn't want to end up like what, how my mom raised me. So I wanted to have it all figured out. But when I was pushed into not knowing it all and just took the chance, the life that I really wanted, which was one of traveling, one of, of adventure, yeah. showed up, you know, with, with despite all the chaos, you know, and, and even sometimes because of the chaos that I was pushed to say, well, what about this? How could we make that work? And I have people now I'll be on podcasts and they go, wow, what this great adventure in life that you did. But it, it was really out of just saying, I don't know, but why not? Yeah. Did you have anybody that was like, you're just running away from all your problems, like you're traveling and yeah, you know, I think that was more so my my parents, um, but I would say they weren't. You know, they always say don't take advice from people you wouldn't trade places with. All right, and uh, and that's that's a place that, that I think that speaks for itself. <laughs> I don't want to trade places with that. Um, my mom is uh, what what I call a someday person. And this is something we talk about a lot in our course. And, and I talk about it a lot with my experience with my first husband that passed away, that I was always future focused. I was like, I grew up homeless, all those things. So in my head, I wanted to work really hard. I wanted to make sure I had the house, I had the car, I had the things. So then once I was settled, I was safe, I was stable, then I could live. That someday in the future, it's going to be calm and I'm going to have this great life and it's going to be okay. And so while living for someday... All the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sundays that were real, I missed out on spending with my husband because I was living for someday. And so I always tell people, like, someday, it's not on the calendar. As I just said, we have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Someday doesn't exist. If you want it to be real, it has to be on a real date, on a real time. It has to have a real plan around it. And so someday, like, you're setting yourself up for nothing. It won't happen. Someday literally doesn't exist. And so... That was that was the place where my mom still unfortunately lives is that someday mentality. Someday I'll go to Italy. And it's like, no, mom, you're not. You won't. Someday you won't. Um, because there's no effort, thought, or process going to that. Um, going to yeah. Italy, when you look at the plane ticket and start to go, well, how if I save $1 every month, even if it's for 10 years, at that point, you're going to have it. That's a, that's a day that will happen. That's a real date. You can go 10 yeah. years from now. That's a date. Someday it, it won't. That's and, let, you know. It just doesn't happen. And yeah. so um, I think anyone who I had 
I think most people by that point were just used to me going, well, I'm going to figure it out and I go. <laughs> but, um, but I think that the trail speaks for itself as well, as much as what I've done and I've accomplished and created um, that, that, yeah, it. I think it made people who thought we were crazy. I mean, people were like, obviously, like, oh, yeah, just going just gonna to go to Thailand, just going to go there. Like, what, and this is a lot of thing we do too. What, what are you going to do, like, for, because now there's a child involved, right? That's what mm-hmm. a lot, of, I know I hear that yeah. a lot with the parents. Like, well, yeah, but what are you going to do if or when we cross that bridge when we got there? And we said, maybe we'll just keep traveling. And if we see that it has a negative effect or it's, it's not, then we'll change that. Then you make a decision then. But I'm not going to try to think out. I've learned. I learned the hard way not to try to plan out so many years in advance. And and this is the thing I also learned. I have, none of us have control. Nope. There, you literally have no control. Okay. Um, I didn't have control of whether my husband was going to pass away. I didn't have control of, you know, my business partner, you know, screwing us over. I didn't have control, but I have power in every single one of those instances. I had power to choose my, my responsibility. I had the power to choose my response to it. I had the power to choose enthusiasm or to choose victimhood. Any of those things, I had a choice and I had power in it. And that is where I got to write my story and put it the way that I wanted to go. I still have power. I can't control what it is. You're absolutely right. I cannot. This this isn't going to change, but I'm not powerless. Absolutely. I think that that's sometimes what people forget is they want to have control over everything. Yeah. And when they can't, things fall apart. And it's yeah. I like how you said, like, you're not powerless. Yeah. You have power over a situation. You have power. No control, yeah. but power. In every situation of whether to stay, whether to go, whether to do something about it. Um, I know a big thing for us was always people like, well, what if someone gets sick? Oh, I'm sorry, I'm uh, my fellow Americans who may be listening, but I'm telling you, healthcare abroad, almost anywhere, is so much easier <laughs> than it is in the U.S., okay? Yeah, my son had a little, he got sick um, when we were in Vietnam, and we had to go to, like, one of the big hospitals there, and it was like, a, he just had a really bad, we just, we thought maybe something serious going on, and he went, they gave us this whole hospital room with beds for my husband and for me, which my husband, I think we have a picture, he was able to order like a burger, like a burger and a beer to the ho- the hospital room. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> nice. So he's there. The nurses came and brought us like food, they, everything. Um, we had like a insur- resort. Like, yeah, we had travel insurance. And I think in the end, for a couple of days stay, I want to say, I'm like looking over to see if he's around. I think it was like 70 or $80 that we wow. spent. Yeah. That would be like 70 or 80000 Yeah, in easy the, with all those extra, yeah. All those, I mean, that medication to go, the doctors, all those things. I mean, it's just incredible. So um, take the chance. <laughs> take the chance. <laughs> take right. The chance. Well, that's what I always say, like, because that whole idea of running away or I feel like that we that can be reframed in so many ways because yeah. sometimes, yes, some people are running away. But mm-hmm. I always say, is it running away or are you running towards something? Is there yeah. something else that we're going And for? I would question, what is it that we're, if running away, if there's something that's not serving us, is that a bad thing? I mean, is it bad to go, you know what? I don't want to be anywhere near this. Yeah. You know, I mean, honestly, right now I'm in Czech Republic. We're, what, 360 miles from the Ukraine border. There are people who are literally running away right now and they mm-hmm. absolutely 100% need to and deserve to. And they don't want to. They love, they wish things were a different way. 
they, that's the place they actually want to be, but they go, this is not what it is. I have to go. And so if you're running away and going this, I would like it to be better. I would like that, you know, I have, you know, a, a beautiful house that I can easily afford in Pacific Palisades in California. That would be great too, but it's not, it's not where it is right now. And so I, I, we got away. We we're like, let's do something that serves us. Or I could choose to suffer there. I could choose to suffer there and go, well, I'm still in California and I still, and I still know it because are we running away or is it just, does it seem that way? Cause this is, this is what we know. So yeah. it seems like running away. Are we just changing scenery? We're just going to, and it seems so unfathomable because everyone else around us is all going, well, yeah, this is okay. This is normal. It's okay to be stuck in traffic for two hours to go to oh, the office. I hated that it's, part of yeah. California. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, it's okay to have a four hour commute every day. It's okay to never see the beach. Although everyone wants, we all talk about how gorgeous it is, but none of us go. Ask any California. It'll be the last time you went to the beach. You're like, oh gosh, I can't even think of the last time I went to the beach. I lived in Long Beach. I was minutes away from the beach and I did not go as often as you would think right. um, uh, you would. And so, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that, I think that like rhetoric that happens is more something for you to check yourself. What is the, what is their intention of even asking that? Is it is it to just make sure that you're not? Great, good question. Let me see. Am I? Oh, no, I think this is good. I think I, I think I'm getting this away is the right place for me. Right. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's okay. Yeah, uh, and I, that's something even with motherhood, because I know when you said in the beginning that you didn't really you knew something wasn't right, but you didn't yeah. really know what it was necessarily yeah and yeah. i think that's the thing with motherhood too is that we can't just like someone might accept four hours of traffic we accept yeah. that you know we don't have time for ourselves we accept that you know we're miserable because this is motherhood right and everyone uh, will agree right everyone will agree and go, yeah agree. it's and, and there's the thing is there's part of it to go yeah it is how it can look but it doesn't mean it can't look other ways yeah. It doesn't mean it can't. So, and that's, that's a dangerous part, right? This is a dangerous kind of space where we can go, well, I guess this is just it. And this goes to control and power. Can I control that my son's not going to be sleeping? I'm going to be tired. Yeah. More than times not. Okay. <laughs> like all the sleep books. Oh, sorry, mamas. I don't know. <laughs> I know sometimes there's, you know, it might work for a little bit, like this, but you know, in the way I can't control it, but I do have power in it. I still have power to say, you know what? The dishes don't need to be done and I'm going to sleep instead. Um, or, or the opposite. My house is going to be pristine. If that's what I'm committed to, then I don't get to complain about not having sleep because I'm committed to having a pristine house while I have a newborn. That's fine. If yeah. that's what you're committed to. just And that's the other thing is checking yourself, not the, not the messages around you. What is it that you want? What is the life that you want to design? And again, knowing the stark difference between control and power. You're not going to have control. if you, you might say, I want it to look like this, and you can't control that, but you have power to direct it in the path that you want, if that's what you want. Right. Absolutely. Uh, that That's a great way uh, of phrasing it because, yeah, motherhood is all about not being in control, but yeah. taking things and making... I always talk about your own values. What are the things that are important to you and how are you going to yeah. incorporate that into your motherhood? Experience? And it all gets, a lot of it gets rearranged as soon as that, as soon as that little thing comes out of you, then it gets rearranged. You have this idea, you might have this vision and oh my goodness, do we not have visions of motherhood? Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. Shafali, but she is the author of Conscious Parenting and, oh, yeah. um, 
Yeah. And, and she talks about how she had this vision, like I'm with my daughter, we're going to do yoga together and we're going to do this and then we'll do art and it's going to be so much fun and all this. idea. And, and I chuckle because you literally have no control over how that's going to happen. You can do your best to influence, you can do your best to, to, but you really don't know. And there is actually a, it takes more power, I think, to, to actually let go and accept and, and go with the flow than it does to try to control yeah. Because it's, it is so much to go, you know what, this is okay. This is all right. And you, and I think another thing that I came to a lot was recognizing that a lot of my path of motherhood was less, and I mean realist, you know, about trying to control or influence anything my son did as much as it was checking myself as to why I thought it needed to be that way. Yes. Right. Why did I think it needed to look this way? Why does he need to get his shoes on faster? Why? Why does he need to have this kind of reaction to that? Why, you know, he went through a phase and he still has it sometimes where he calls me, you know, by my first name, which, in, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm in a, you know, growing up Mexican household. I mean, my mom would have lost her mind. Okay. You do not do that. And like, I had this weird, like, well, that's weird. And I was like, well, is it weird? It's my name. That's not weird. So, I mean, why would it be call me by my name? Why not? Cool. Yeah. He goes with it. But it was like more of it was always checking myself. Why do I think it needs to look this way? Why do I want it that way? There's it's more inner work. And I tell everyone, you want like a real deep Zen, like Buddhist work, go have a child because it's all gonna be <laughs> internal reflection more than it ever is about about the child. I mean, that's that's the hardest part is what I have to look at for myself. Why does this frustrate me? Why does this bother me? Why do I feel like I need control in this situation? Those are the questions I start asking as opposed to why is he acting up? Why isn't he doing what I'm asking? Why is he doing this? Yes. And sometimes the more the more control we want to have, then we start having those the bunny oh, yeah. in the heads. And you know, I always say the child will always win. Like yeah. it's just like like they will, they are relentless. They will go until they get what they want. But at the same time, it's like sometimes it's all about being with them and communicating with them. It's just. Well, there's this thing, this thing that my husband and I had heard a while back and it we, comes up a lot to remind ourselves in the conversations, but it's that, um, you know, we, we look at these adults who follow everything. They don't really have a, a mind of their own and they're just kind of in this shell of themselves. And we're like, oh, what a pity. Um you know, we really admire the people who go out and do their own thing and make big changes and have huge impact and say, you know, even if we don't agree with it, I mean, look at celebrities, the ones who do the wild things and say a lot of stuff, they're the ones who polarize people. And someone goes, I love them, or I can't stand them, but we're all fascinated by them. Those are the people that stand out. And and to a certain degree, maybe not the crazy celebrity status, but to a certain degree, you know, we, we would love for our kids to grow up to be these people who do something big of impact and right. stand up for themselves and, and, you know, won't take it and will say, you know, I'm doing this. And yet as children, we want to make sure that they follow every you know direction without question. Do as I say, don't worry about why. Don't worry about why, because I said so. Don't do the, all of these things and then hope that after years of molding them that way, they go out to be this great, inspiring, <laughs> impactful person who's not afraid to share their mind. But we didn't create that space for them. And so it, it's really hard. I'm, I'm experiencing it. There's a lot of people say like the, the wild kids are the ones who are you know, going to go out to do that. So appreciate your wild child. It's tough. It's, it's so tough. tough. I'm not over here preaching like, just deal with it, mama. Like, I get it. It is tough. But I have to keep reminding myself that is, do I want the kid who's going to go, why? 
And and when you know someone's offering him drugs or someone says something that's all right, he goes, "Why?" Or the one who just goes, "I'm going to do what I'm told, and so I'm just going to do it." Yes. You know, and I unfortunately, like <laughs> to my own detriment, I want the one who's going to question why, which yeah. also means when I say put on your shoes, he goes, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> I have that why. kid. <laughs> yeah. That's mine. So but, I have that yeah. same same thing. So it's um. I know we've been all over the space here, but that's, you know, part, yes. I guess the journey, the insights, at least that I carry with me in, in this individual's part. And we all have our own, our own journey and our own experience and it's messy and it's tough. And I think if there's anything I could say about all of this, as you're hearing my story or my chaos, um, there literally is no right way. I mean, it no. really is no right way. The more that you just are, stay hyper aware, question ask yourself things like that, that is the most right you can do. I I have people who admire what I do in my life and they go, wow, like you must've had this great upbringing. And I go, well, you know, if you want a child like me, make sure that you start out, you know, get pregnant at 16, you know, start off doing drugs, go and have your child live through homeless shelters, move, you know, a ton of times and then switch into like extreme religiousness and then, you know, raise your child from that. And they might be just like me. And they're like, oh, it doesn't sound good at all. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, thanks. No. So all of those things, like that that chaos, that thing that you might have said that was terrible that one time that you're scared it's going to scar them for life, the divorce that you might be having to consider, any of those things, I see, and I say all that because, again, I, I saw my aunt stay married for 38 years to a person that she did not love for the sake of the kids. And I can see the mess that my cousins and and the broken relationships that they have because what was modeled to them was a broken relationship. And so, I, and I remember another cousin of mine going, I'm Mexican, right? So I have lots of cousins. I have another <laughs> one who was like, well, maybe we need to stay together for the kids because it's better for them. And I, I remember just grabbing him and being like, who is to say that that is the right way? This is their, this path and what they'll learn from, from going through this situation. If... I have friends whose grandparents died when they were young kids and that no one would wish that on them, but that molds who they are. All of these things that we are trying to control mold them to be exactly who they are. And the more that we can guide them to deal with those things and those unfortunate situations, that is what creates, I think, the the great humans. And and I was fortunate enough that my messed up mom and all her things like brought me to counseling and we had people in other support systems that helped me learn to move through this. Um, but it, it's, it's not despite my upbringing that I, I came to be where I am. It's because of, and giving that some credit and power as well, that the mistakes mamas, like they may be the very amazing things that shape incredible kids. Right. Absolutely. And like the staying together for the kids thing. Those kids, yeah. I mean, I was a child therapist for many years <laughs> and the kids know they yeah. are not dumb. Yeah. They are very aware that you two are not in love with each other anymore. Mm-hmm. And that also impacts them because then they do everything in their power not to have a relationship like that. Right. And, I mean, a lot of times those things, those adversities, the things that you think are going to screw them up. Mm-hmm are the things that shape them and make them who they are. And also sometimes just talking about it with them and not trying to push it under the rug. Oh yeah. You know, actually can enhance their, their lives as opposed to being a Dutch. Oh, if I could say how many times I've had to go back to my, 
four, five, six year old and say, I'm sorry. And I didn't <laughs> handle it yeah. right. You know, and if anything, if, if anything, I've taught him how to say sorry, that it's okay to say sorry. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay to mess up and, and it's okay to admit to messing up. Um, those are the things that really pull it yeah. along. So perfection, I think we started in that in the beginning too, is like the perfection isn't the goal. Perfection is unattainable. And I don't think we wish yeah. that upon anybody, yeah. let alone our kids. And so when we want to create a safe, messy space, the truth is, is it takes one to know one. So we got to show them that. <laughs> Save messy space as well. <laughs> we are all human. There's just no yeah. getting around it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, that is amazing advice because I think <laughs> we need to hear it more and more, and it's never said enough. So yeah, yeah, awesome. So your coaching and and everything yeah. that you do for for people sounds so amazing. <sighs> and I know we are almost out of time, but how can people contact you if they're interested in, you know, some of those courses yeah. that you teach? Anything? Well, um, well, my, I go by Tanya MFK, um, uh, because my name is Tanya Maria Figueres Kreisinger. It's very long and hard to spell. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the good thing about that is I'm the only Tanya MFK in the world. So if you Google me, it's very easy to find me. I'm also at TanyaMFK.com. Um, and as I mentioned, I am the creator of success schedule, which is a step-by-step -step method to know how to make time for all of your have-tos and obligations, which we tend to be good at making time for that, but as well as your wish-tos and want-tos, so yeah. you can live your best life right now, not that someday in the future. Right, moms um, need that. <laughs> yeah, we it, and really we've had we've had a lot of moms go through this program, and it has. I mean, we have had people from all six of the seven continents go through this program. We've had, I think, we just passed our like two hundred fifty. 250 people have gone through it. We've taught it to students, um, both in high school and college so far. We're going to be teaching it to residents, do um, doctor residents, um, because we had a lot of doctors who were like, man, I wish I had this when I was going through to learn how okay. to create balance. A lot of people talk about balance, um, but there's not a lot of practical ways. They give you a lot of inspiration, mm -hmm. but this is a literal step-by-step -step have to. Not only, it's not about controlling a schedule, it's about how to design it and also how to pivot because the truth is, is it will not go as planned. And when we learn how to work with the ebb and flow, we actually can create a life that is curated and realistic um, for, for what we want now. And so, so yeah, I'm really excited about that. Definitely come and check that out. And then I'm also the founder of Success by Design. So any solopreneur, mamas out there, high achieving coaches, consultants, course creators with a bias for action, want to reach that next level of their business um, through creating ease, simplicity, and systems, um, that is the next level that we do. So um, it's one thing to get that started, but what happens more times than not, once you've got your business and it's going and, and good stuff is happening, you also realize it's really messy and chaotic. And so that next level is really about creating ease and automation and process in that. And that's what kind of my whole jam is about ease and simplicity. <laughs> awesome. Yes. And I think so many moms need ease and simplicity. Yeah. Ugh, too much do. going on. Uh, <laughs> But thank you so much for being here today. Yeah. Uh, your adventures, your inspiration, everything is just so amazing. You are amazing. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. Um, Tanya's information is going to be in the show notes, so check that out if you want to reach out to her. Be kind to yourself and see you next week. Thank you for listening to today's episode on Motherhood Unedited, where we are getting real and raw about the mom life. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it gave you some clarity on your own motherhood journey. Don't forget to download and share the episode with anyone you feel 
who could truly benefit from the message. Also, if you have enjoyed listening to Motherhood Unedited, please take a moment and write a review. Your feedback is greatly appreciated. My goal with this podcast is to give back to mothers everywhere in a variety of ways. Right now, the place that I am putting much of my focus is in the Ukraine. That being said, for every review I receive, I will be donating a dollar to UN Women USA to help mothers and children who are fleeing and fighting for their lives in the Ukraine. Every woman and child deserves to feel loved and safe. Your support means more to me than you know. Lastly, if you are a mother struggling right now, please connect with me. My practice, Mindful Reflections, is here to help any way that we can. Check out my website at mindfulreflections.com. Thank you again for tuning in. See you next week.